Do you want a New Year's resolution that you can actually keep? Because we all know you're not going to go to the gym. So, something that you can do that will actually help others is support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash daydreamermedia. You can support us in multiple, multiple ways. We have various tiers that you get different content from for each tier, ranging from any money you want to donate all the way up to $15 a month, although you could donate more. Please support us and actually commit to a New Year's resolution. Ian, hit the thing. I loved that intro by Keone. Uh, anyway, welcome into the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. I'm your host today, uh, filling in for JJ, who is in another castle. So uh, uh, it's your producer, Big Waste Ian over here. You can find me at Daydreaming Ian on Twitter. We have Keone. Hello, everybody! It is your, just your, well, it's my, our league champion, our, the, the garage league champion, it's me, I am the winner of that, and you can hear me talk about that as, as well as other victories that may enter my life, although they're on the rare occasion, but that's why I'm so happy about this unique circumstance on Twitter, at Daydreamer Keone. And filling in for Ryan, who spontaneously combusted, is intern Aaron. What up, y'all? Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at AJC underscore Daydreamers. Check out my articles, which will be coming out sporadically through the offseason. Uh, so just be sure to be looking on daydreamermedia.com for those. Aaron has a lot of draft insight coming in for the offseason. It won't be weekly, but it'll be whenever you need it. So uh, be on the lookout for that stuff. Uh, today we have news, waiver wires, and our takeaways. So why don't we get started with the news? So first piece of news, Giants QB Mike Glennon is set to undergo season-ending wrist surgery. I feel like any surgery this late in the season is season-ending. Jets running back Michael Carter is in concussion protocol. That sucks. He's kind of been solid. I don't know. He's the most solid person on that team, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he had put together a good last half of the season, I'd say, when they started using him more effectively and just getting him touches. Uh, we didn't see the passing game work like we did when Zach Wilson was out, um, but I think that they have something to build on this offseason. So. It is nice. It, it's nice to have a, a good running back on your team to build around, especially for yeah. fantasy. That's why I have multiple Jets running backs on my Dynasty League. Great job. <laughs> you have the insight. Um, yeah. Eagles running back Miles Sanders is not expected to play Saturday with a hand injury. Um, yeah, he, he got that in week 16, I believe. And they're like, oh, he's not going to play week 17, but he can play maybe after that. And it's like, he has a broken hand. Um, yeah, I don't, I think that's, that was coach speak and it definitely was. So They already have a guaranteed playoff spot. Um, I don't see them getting much higher than the seventh seed right now they're guaranteed I at least the seven so don't believe they can i think they are locked into the sixth or seventh seed based on tiebreakers with the saints and oh, i can't remember who the other team is but 
with the Saints uh, and whoever else there's the, so, the Fortnite. Yeah. So yeah. they're locked into the playoff spot and then it's basically uh whatever the tiebreakers end up, it's there the sixth or the seventh seed, but they can't reach the fifth seed. So So looking at it, Philly can get right now, Philly can get the sixth seed if they win and San Francisco loses. Which is possible because San Francisco is playing the Rams who are fighting for a possible number two spot. Division so, title, yeah. And the division title. So um, it's very possible they can get the six, but it's, I don't want to say unlikely. I mean, they ha- they're relying on somebody else. Meanwhile, if San Francisco wins, they automatically get the six. So um, speaking of the Eagles still, tight end Dallas Godair, as Keone likes to call him or Goddard, yes. as most people would, was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list, along with running backs Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Real sucks for Boston Scott. I feel like, uh, quite literally, we had Boston Scott in our notes, and then we read the news, and we had to take him out of our notes for one of those waiver wires to pick up. So, do we have any more information on the nature of his COVID? Is he a close contact? Or did he actually get diagnosed? Are we going to know more later this week if he possibly can clear quickly or is it unlikely let's just stick to we will have more information later yeah um i wouldn't have my hopes up that's all we can really say well i mean with the new policies i'm not 100 percent familiar on exactly how all of it works but i believe if it is a even if a player has tested positive and they're not showing symptoms they can still come back within five days so the NFL has essentially moved towards if somebody is not showing any COVID-related symptoms with the positive or negative test, test uh, it's a five-day um, like maximum that they can be on there. So theoretically, he could be back uh, for that game. I wouldn't expect it. And also, anybody that's going to be coming off the COVID list is not practicing. So basically, I think they are these one of the Saturday night games. So... That would be yes. tough. Um, clearing that morning and then having to play in the game after not practicing the whole week. So, I think technically they can all clear by Saturday with these new protocols. Yeah. It's just whether they are able to. So yeah. Um, and that's honestly it for the news. Um, besides, everybody should know already that Antonio Brown is no longer with the the Bucks, and we know why he did that. So. Uh, let's get into our waiver wire ads. I love your dancing, Keone. Thank so you. these are players who are rostered in 33% or fewer leagues. Um, is there anybody that we have over 33% that we just want to casually mention? Mm, doesn't sound like it. I, yeah, I think I, there might have been guys I saw, but I, I forgot to, to write them down. Fair. I mean, it's um, just it's it's week eighteen. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's week eighteen. I think maybe Justin Jackson. I saw in there. You can still pick him up. He's still getting a good amount of volume, even though he's technically number two in that role. I think he had like twelve carries this last week and a couple catches. So, with the volume there, it's it's a possibility to actually have him and confidently start in deep leagues. It all depends on how well Eckler's doing. Well, and realistically, it's like, you know, like we've been saying, you know, we have written it before in the articles and we've said it in the live stream. Have the backups. You don't know what's going to happen. It 
Saturday morning, we could get news that Austin Eckler's on the COVID list, and yeah. you now have a top 10 running back because you've rostered Justin Jackson. Like, pick up the backups. If it's guys that you're not playing, you don't have to hold on to Like, there's no need to hold on to a second or third string quarterback if you have the guy. Now, you could get burned going the other way if that quarterback does positive, but you know, you have to take your chances where you do. And I'd rather have backup running backs for guys that have higher potential than stashing three or four quarterbacks in case one of my guys gets COVID. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's always good to have the insurance policy. So, um, let's get in our county. Who's your first number one waiver wire edition this week? So this is a guy who is kind of just skirting in under the uh, the 33 mark, um, or he's the highest guy that I have on my list. It's Marquez Callaway, uh, New Orleans Saints receiver. Uh, he is he's playing well, and of the last two games that Hill has played, I have to reiterate that Hill, Taysom Hill has played. <laughs> Not Ian Book. Yes. Ever again. Yeah, it's a bookend to his story. Anyways. Uh, oh. <laughs> Callaway was targeted nine and ten times respectively, and he had over ninety-five yards in each of those games, including a one hundred yard game the first um in that first of those two games. Um and all he really needs to do though, like with along on top of that, is get get in the end zone, which he hasn't really done. Um, but he's getting the targets, you know, he's he's getting the yards, and the fortuitous thing for him this week. If you're still like if you're going into an 18 your 18th week um, championship, um, is they face the Falcons, so that is a very good team to have if you're if you're in if you extended your league you know to this final game, um, and that's I think where he can maybe get a touchdown because they're a bad defense. So Marquez Callaway, as long as Taysom Hill plays. Um. Yeah. In the two week, like you said, there's a nice sandwich. He was wide receiver 14 uh, in week 15, and then he was 56 week 16 with Ian Book, and then last week he was wide receiver 20. Um, yeah, and it helps that uh, New Orleans needs to win this week to have a chance at playoffs. So uh, I like that pick. Um, Aaron, who's your number one waiver wire pick? So it was originally Boston Scott. But as we had mentioned in the news, um, you know, he's on the COVID list. So I'd be a little bit more hesitant. Uh, so then we're going to transition to Kenneth Gainwell, who would be ideally in line to be the Eagles' first back. Uh, Eagles are, you know, like we had said, slightly playing for positioning. Um, but I think also it would be a benefit for them to um, knock the Cowboys down a little bit uh, because they can keep. Dallas out of the three seed, uh, and then essentially they could um, like miss them in the bracket, I believe, uh, if that would play out correctly, so they wouldn't have to face them again. Uh, and you never want to give away a game to a division rival, so I think that Philly would be competitive in this game. It's not the ideal matchup for a running back, but volume is key in fantasy football, and with uh, some guys maybe not playing because they don't have anything to play for at the end of the year on uh, teams like, you know, I don't know, like all the bad teams. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of guys get uh, high volume touches just because there's no reason to do that if you're not competing. So uh, I think situation, playing time, and volume will be great for whoever the Eagles starting running back is this week. 
Very true. I mean, the Eagles are the number one rushing offense in the league, and they don't have a thousand yard rusher. So <laughs> that's kind of wild to me. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, as of right now, on this Monday evening when we record, uh, is, I believe, the only healthy uh, running back on the Eagles roster. So that's a good one. Yeah. Um, my first number one is Rex Burkhead. He's 32.1% rostered. He's facing the Titans. The Titans are in their own um, hold their hold all the cards to the number one seed. As long as they win, they get the number one seed. Um, and Rex Burkhead is going against them this week, which doesn't sound the best, but he has the volume to get where he needs. So that's the only thing. He's... Oh, I'm cutting out. Oh, dang. Okay, hold on. You want to go with your second one? Okay, I will fill in with a, a guy who, as much as I don't like the team, it's and it's scary to say this, I'm going to go with Braxton Berrios. Berrios and cream. Berrios and cream. There you go. Oh, there's there's a meme for you, uh, Gen Z. Non, I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, the, he's five point three percent rostered. Like I said, I know he's on the terrible Jets, who will. Um, I'll definitely talk about them later because I'm not going to let them off the hook for what they did. Um, and I've I've said previously that Zach Wilson is a black hole that sucks up. Um, good fantasy performances from his fellow players, but Barrios seems to have been able to escape his immense gravitational pull, uh, seeing as he'd had some type of touchdown in each of the last three games. Um, I think he had like a, a a special teams touchdown because it it said like a special circumstance or something in his uh, stats, but he uh, he had two touchdowns this last week, both a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Um, and he's their best receiver with Jamison Crowder, not really being there or, you know, playing. And then also Elijah Moore, I think he's still out. Um, and so he's coming off a game where he had eight catches on 12 targets. And like I said, had two total touchdowns. So he is the hot hand. I think they face Buffalo, which is a tough matchup. So that's the unfortunate thing, but I mean, if you can find somebody who's playing well consistently on the Jets, then either the world is ending or, you know, some type of miracle is happening. So hopefully it's the latter. That's Braxton Berrios. Yeah, very true. The past three weeks, he's been a wide receiver two or better. This last week, he was a wide receiver one. So, hmm. um, Aaron, who is your number two? Uh, so my number two is... Trey Lance, a uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, got called into duty this last week uh, with the Jimmy Garoppolo UCL injury. And uh, despite what Kyle Shanahan has been saying, that Jimmy has a chance to play again, blah, blah, blah. No, he doesn't. He, he can't throw. Like, you can't throw with a UCL injury like that. Sorry. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, it's kind of hard to do that in your hand. Um, so... Trey Lance will be starting again in week 18. He put up a quarterback 10 performance this last week and a pretty good matchup with Houston. It wasn't, you know, the best matchup because uh, Houston has been playing surprisingly well on defense, at least against quarterbacks uh, over the last, I'd say, eight games. Uh, they do have the Rams matchup, which is a bit of a rough one, but 
what we have seen uh, prior to this game with Trey Lance is that he has made most of his value on the ground. This last week, he did it through the air, which is kind of the, you know, out of the norm for what we expect from Trey Lance. So get a little bit of both in that. Yes, Rams uh, passing uh, or secondary is very good, as is their defensive line. But I think that Trey Lance has the ability to kind of uh, dip his toes in both ends and get away with uh, a little bit more value than we would see out of most quarterbacks. Uh, so I think he's a pretty good uh, pickup and start this week. I completely agree. Trey Lance is also my number two um, option this week. The biggest one is while you were right, he did do it mostly through the air. I know at least one rushing touchdown got called back for Trey Lance this week. Yes. Yes, it uh, did. At least one. It was a holding um, call. Yeah. Yeah. He He's used, I don't want to say exactly like, but he's used a little similar, sim, similarly to like Josh Allen in the red zone where they kind of get inside the 10 and they like to, you know what, let's see what happens when we just throw all of our blockers in front of them. So just with that pure upside, he's, he's got to be worth a stash. And it's, it's, it's like he's camp. I, I put this in our, you know, in our draft guide when I was doing the rookie reports, he reminded me of Cam Newton, his rookie year where he's got absolute just cannon. He's a little, extremely wild with his throwing uh not going to be very accurate he's throwing fireballs the whole time but the way he runs like there was a couple plays uh, watching yesterday where he's got the outside edge and he just chooses to run into linebackers at full speed and just he loves the contact like it's one of those things where he will learn that like that's how he's going to get hurt in the nfl and that he's a better athlete than probably most middle linebackers yeah but it's just one of those things where you see it and you're like, damn, like he just doesn't care. Like he's just running, like right, dipping his right shoulder, throwing shoulder into guys coming at him full speed. And he's just like knocking them back. So like he, he really does remind me of Cam Newton, which is kind of scary, but also impressive. He's just a little bit more lean than Cam. Yeah. So since uh, me and you had the same second one, I'll go with my third one right now as well. Um, my third one is kind of a combo. It's Alan Lazard and uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, the only reason I'm putting them on there, oh, by the way, 17.5% and 21% uh, respectively for both of those. They're going against Detroit. Detroit at this point um, has an incentive to lose. I know like no team should want to lose, but if they lose um, and somehow the Jacksonville Jaguars win, then they get the number one pick again. Otherwise they're kind of securing their number two selection, this draft and green Bay is the only one that is guaranteed the number one seed. So I won't expect to see a lot of Adams. I don't expect to see a lot of Jones. I don't expect to see a lot of uh, Aaron Rodgers this week, and it's going to leave Jordan love to be maybe they get a little experimental because they know what they have in AJ Dillon. They know what type of runner he is. They know what their backup is, but they don't know what they have in Jordan Love. Why don't open up the playbook and see what he can do versus a weak team that kind of wants to lose. So um, you're kind of ho- you're just hoping for Alan Lazard or MVS to score a touchdown, and you just got to kind of pick one. Lazard has been um, more recently, I would say, the uh, the better option. But if you can't go get Lazard because somebody was smart enough and listened to us last week when we said to stash him, then you can go get to MVS, who's also only 21%. So, yeah. 
Keone, who's your third? Um, it is Trey Trey Lance. Oh, he got two. Yeah. So yeah, you guys have already talked about him. Um, he got a twenty-plus fantasy point performance, and that's really what you want out of your if you're streaming a quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be tougher to do this week, like you said, against the Rams. But you know, he's good. He's a good fill-in player. Like say, if you have a Rogers out or somebody who might be sitting out um, their game this week or is not able to make it in their game, I think Trey Lance is a definitely a a substitute or a streamer I would be comfortable with putting in because of his, you know, regardless of if he does well on the ground, because I don't think he had that many rushing yards, he makes a difference with his rushing ability. And that's the thing. He will keep drives going with his rushing ability. And I think more than anything, even if he doesn't get a lot of yards on the ground, it's important that he keeps drives moving forward. So It was also the fact that he... While you're right, he only had 31 rush yards. 31. Yeah. He had eight attempts, and that is mm-hmm. pretty high for a quarterback. Uh, in week five, when he had the start because Jimmy G was out, he had 16 rushes. Yeah. So mm. that's the that's honestly what the biggest thing is is he's has the volume of rushing. Like you know, he is going to at least run a couple times in a game. He's not. Um, I mean, even Russell Wilson now is not always running the ball, but. Mm. Back in his like early seasons, it was like Russell Wilson's probably going to run the ball three or four times, and he could gash you for a big one. So Trey Lance is still just going to at least be have the ball in his hands and run on the ground. And like Aaron said, he's going to run through a linebacker for some reason. I don't know why, yeah. but he's going to do it. Well, the yeah. other thing too with Lance is that Shanahan is scheming the offense. Like Shanahan's offense is ideal for Trey Lance. Like they want to run that read option, the yeah. true. You don't know who's keeping it, whether it's the running back, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Devo Samuel in the backfield or George Kittle in the back. Like, this is why going into this year, like we thought that Trey Lance's best spot was San Francisco for this offense. And if we're seeing designed runs for him, not like outside of just the breakdown scrambles, like he's in line for eight to 10 rushes every week minimum, which is great for his fantasy value because. He's producing, so it'd be different if it was, you know, the Brady four scrambles for ten yards. It's it's not. So the the Big Ben's six scrambles for negative thirty yards. You know, um, Aaron, who's your last guy? Uh, my last guy is somebody you already talked about, uh, Rex Burkhead. Ah, well, I cut out, so you can fill in on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, he's back to back top twenty five performances. He was running back four in week sixteen. Uh, he doesn't get the best matchup this week going up against the Titans, who are, like we had said, going, or sorry, the uh, the Colts, excuse me, um, that are going for the. No, he's oh, going against the I had it right no, the no. first time. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Going up against the Titans, who are uh, going for the number one seed in the AFC if they can win this week. Um, but I think that this Texans team, despite what we've said about teams that don't have anything to play for, actually have something that they need to play for because. They like they're not what are they doing? Improving their draft stock from five to seven or set like seven to five? Like Yeah. It, they're not in contention for one of those top three picks. So um here doesn't really hurt you. And I think that GM Nick Casario is kind of um not coaching for his job, but like he has quite a bit writing on this if they can um 
get a victory here and prove that they're building something. Uh, so I think that the team has a lot to play for, and Burkhead has a fairly good matchup going into this. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think the best case scenario is... Um, he plays Titan, well and they lose? Well, <laughs> Titans go up, and then they're like, all right, let's coast into the, off, into the uh, playoffs, and then he's able to score some garbage time touchdowns. So um, that's all that we have. Anybody else that we're dropping? Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> I mean, anybody who was injured. Yeah. Honestly, the biggest the biggest reason uh, we we don't like playing into week 18 championships or the final week is because it's very possible you don't have, honestly, the possible MVP, Aaron Rodgers, playing this week. And that sucks. It's different if, if the, he got COVID in the last week right before championships and you're like, I lost somebody or he gets injured in the week before. But because they did so well that he's not going to be playing – it's just kind of like, well, now my fantasy team is going to suffer because I picked somebody who was too good. And so mm-hmm. you just you don't want that. That's why we always say finish it week 17. Enjoy week 18 just watching football. And I think this year it actually is kind of benefited with the week 18 and the way the playoffs are set up where there's only one team getting the bye yeah. because there is a lot more to play for. Like you said at the mm-hmm. beginning, there's one team that's locked into their spot that literally has nothing to play for that are vying for the playoffs and it's the Packers. Everybody else is playing for either seating or a playoff spot. So it does help having the, the incentive of the one buy, but yeah, like you said, it, it's, it's tough to get to a full season. You're in your playoff championship and you can't start your top two players because their team is too good. So here's the ridiculous thing in the AFC, four different teams could still get the number one seed and Buffalo could, depending on, Everything that happens could either be the two or the seventh seed this yeah. week. That is absolutely wild. It is absolutely ridiculous. The NFC is a little more uh, fleshed out. It's literally going to the only two teams that have a chance. There's three teams are, playing for two spots. Yeah, it's San Francisco or New Orleans is the last spot. Philly's already in, even though they're likely the seventh seed, maybe the sixth seed. And so... Yeah, everywhere else there's... I mean, even Baltimore still has a shot. Pittsburgh technically still has a shot in in the AFC. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that could be the seven seed in the AFC. It's wild. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Let's get into our our recap. So these are going to be two takeaways. um, And... Yeah, let's let's start. Keone, no, Aaron. Aaron, let's start with your your takeaways. All right. So my first takeaway. Holy shit, Bengals! Oh, love it. Oh my god. I could care less about the victory that they just put on the Chiefs. Like, congrats, you've won the AFC North, which like is a huge deal considering that you were picking first overall two years ago. But less about that. It's more about the young core that they have. With Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Like, if you just look at this from a fantasy perspective, which is, of course, what we're here to do. So T. Higgins is wide receiver 18 on the year. He's wide receiver 13 in points per game because he missed two games. And he was still injured when he came back. Okay, so you have a top 15 wide receiver there. Jamar Chase is wide receiver 4 on the year as a rookie. 
Joe Mixon is running back three, and Joe Burrow is quarterback five. All these players are under 25, and Joe Mixon is, I believe, in year four. Uh, Jamar Chase is a rookie. T. Higgins is in his second year, as is Joe Burrow. So you have all of these guys, all with less than five years of experience, with possibly still a pretty eh offensive line, considering that Joe Burrow has been the most sacked quarterback this year. And you're getting all of that out of two years worth of production from this guy. And mix and uh, sorry, not mixing. Joe Burrow didn't play the second half of last year because he tore his ACL. Yeah, we forget about that. <laughs> like, clearly forget about this. And like, Joe Burrow has put up over 900 yards and nine touchdowns in the last two weeks. Jamar Chase dropped a 50 piece this week. Like, it is just insane what this offense does. And not to mention, I think that their play calling is still not great. Like, they run heavy prior to this last month like where they're running on first and second down consistently and then throwing on third down trying to catch up where this last two weeks they've just mixed it up like they're throwing on first down they're extending the ball down the field they're not just like having to feed Joe Mixon who's still playing well when he's getting touches but they're just doing better with their play calling and I think it's uh, not necessarily a fault of Zach Taylor but like learning to have more trust in your young players and let them make plays. I think this team is scary. And I think that T Higgins and Joe, Mix, uh, Joe, uh, Jamar Chase, excuse me, are the best young wide receiver combo, maybe even just best wide receiver duo in the league. Uh, all valid. They are. It's very exciting. Uh, where these players are going to go. Yeah. I think Joe Mixon is just, I know JJ's screaming right now at us in his uh, in his castle, yelling, "Finally, Joe Mixon! Finally, I've been saying it. Finally, actually has a good year." So that's that's great for them. Uh, what was your second way, takeaway? Uh, my second takeaway uh, was the uh, more generally late season injuries, but specifically for this one, Michael Gallup, who catches the ball, catches, spins. Dives into the end zone. In the process, tears his ACL. Gotta, gotta hate that, because one, it's week 17, so he's likely not playing almost at all next year. But he's also supposed to be a free agent this year. So he's going into the contract, like, going into the offseason, knows he's going to be a free agent. Has a chance for the playoffs, all that. Tears the ACL. We saw it last week with uh, Chris Godwin, who did the same exact thing who's going to be a free agent this year as well. So it's just, it's tough when you see this, especially uh, like the late season injuries for fantasy, where you're replacing these guys, like the Godwin especially, where he's your number one or two guy, and you're going into your championship or your last uh, two weeks of playoffs and you lose guys. But really, it's just more tough to see from like an actual just general NFL perspective where it's like, man, like this guy's about ready to get paid. It's going to be a free agent. And then boom tears his ACL, gets injured, whatever it is, and it's just like, all right, well, I guess he's not going to you know, get paid, and we, we just don't know. So just one of, those, one of the bummers uh, of the NFL and just injuries in general, where you see guys, especially young guys, who are getting injured, and it's just like, man, like, that takes away like a two-year earning potential for their career and all that stuff, especially with as uh, limited careers we see out of guys. It also just really sucks the fact that um, 
they like like you said he just was churning into the end zone yeah like, like what it wasn't one it wasn't like the godwin injury where he got hit directly in the knee or like the burrow injury from last year where he just falls and he twists like he Gallup literally catches it is turning and his knee just like his acl just tears so it, it really does suck the acl i feel like um we should have evolved out of having an acl <laughs> yes i can speak from experience um there is no rhyme or reason as to why your acl just tears <laughs> aaron how did you tear your acl again Come here. oh um story time uh did a spin move in touch football where nobody touched me and i uh, i went to spin i planted on my right knee and then my i just fell over and i had torn my acl yeah that was great so, it yeah. was it was fun to watch oh, it was super fun yeah then you were like, you know what? I just need to jog it off. And I remember you jogging up the sideline. Yep. So, um, I'm, <laughs> let me get into my takeaways. My first takeaway is just in general, the bills, uh, they're stressful as shit to watch. Um, I'm not like, <laughs> luckily I'm not a bills fan, but I feel like Buffalo doesn't deserve this. For like their fan base does not deserve how stressful it is to watch them, um, especially after losing four like straight Super Bowls. They don't deserve this. But let's get more specifically into Josh Allen. He's QB number four this week. Can you tell me how many pass yards he had? I believe it was 121. It was 120. Can you tell me how many passing touchdowns he had? Uh, zero with three picks. Zero, three interceptions. This man had a 17 quarterback rating. 17. That number goes up to 158.3. You a good a good game is considered 100. A good season is anything above I would say 94 or something like that. 17 is like historically bad. And he was still QB4 because like we've been saying, he had two rushing TDs. That's running ridiculous. quarterbacks break fantasy football it they make no sense it makes zero sense because he had what uh 25 he had five points from passing yards and then he had negative six from interceptions so this man had negative one point from passing negative one point in mm-hmm. like standard leagues and he had two rushing tds so there's 16 so boom 15 points and then i think he had 81 rush yards so QB4. 23 QB four. I get it. Hurts whole season. Yeah, it's (laughs) it really just shows where we're going as fan like in fantasy leagues because you, it's almost better to just get the quarterback that can, that can run. Even if even if they're not going to pass every week, even if they're only going to pass for 180 yards, like Lamar Jackson's whole career has been, if they can run, they're already a threat. Because even Tom Brady has the most touchdowns this year, and what QB are what ranking is he for quarterback? I believe he's QB three or five. He is QB three, and he has absolutely no rushing stats. So and he's he's leading the league in passing and passing touchdowns and attempts, and he's still QB three. Yes, even Justin Herbert, who is QB two, at least has I think three rushing touchdowns this year or something like that. Yeah, he has three, and he has. He's 34 passing touchdowns. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, my second takeaway is just backup running backs are winning people championships. So seven of the top 10 running backs this week were backups or people who originally were not like preseason ranked to not go high. So we had, let me, let me pull it up real quick. Cause I, I was surprised by that one. Richard Penny was number one. So Richard Penny, Daryl Williams, both backups, number one and two. Devin Singletary was not supposed to be, it was supposed to be Zach Moss, not Devin Singletary. Ramondre Stevenson, Boston, Boston Scott, AJ Dillon, David Montgomery, running back seven is the first actual starter who was supposed to have a good year. Was drafted as a starter. Yep. Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, Deonta Foreman, and then Austin Eckler, number 10. That is, that is the first Q, uh, RB, true RB one that we had in everybody's preseason rankings. And he was our running back 10 this week. Yep. And then even Alvin Kamara, 11, Jarrett Patterson, where did he come from? 12. Jonathan Taylor, you know, the possible MVP was running back 13. Backups won you the championship this week. Um, even even a little bit to say in, like, wide receivers. Like, who was, who was the one that did really well for you, Keone? Daryl Williams. So, um, yeah. It, it, honestly, at this point, uh, are we looking at no running back leagues? no you can't do that but in reality i think it just really goes to show that like aaron's been saying for a couple weeks go get the insurance policies go get the backups they are viable and always be fluid just keep going because nobody saw nobody saw rashad penny being number one uh running back this week nobody so no and like so like for example so in a couple leagues. I have uh, Devontae Freeman, who I knew wasn't going to be playing for my team. Like he, he just wasn't. I had better guys, and he's not. He's a starting running back that's going to get you eight to ten points. There was multiple opportunities for people that were on the waiver wire, like Rashad Penny, like, um, you know, like Boston Scott, that like Daryl Williams. All of these guys that are sitting there at some point, and yet fantasy managers as a whole decide to like hoard other guys who you, you never know. Like I might need to start. No, you don't. If you're not starting this guy, go get the backups, especially during playoffs. It doesn't do you any good to hold on to somebody that you're starting as your fifth emergency running back. When you can, like I had some P Ryan the whole last six weeks on my bench. Why? Because Joe Mixon got hurt and they almost had to start him. And if I needed to start somebody, I'd rather start a backup, Samaj P. Ryan, in that spot than Devontae Freeman, who's been healthy the majority of the year and hasn't done much with it. Like, getting into playoffs is about luck and injury luck. And part of injury luck is being smart with your backups and making sure that you're getting these guys and putting yourself in the best position to be ready. So. What is it? Uh, luck is when... Luck is something, it's like preparation meets, I can't remember it, whatever it is, Uh, like (laughs) preparation, we'll figure it out later, and I'll tweet it or something. Keone, what are your takeaways? Um, Yeah, Uh, so from one uh, 
backup running back who definitely helped me win the the championship in Daryl Williams were going to go to the top backup running back in Rashad Penny. I mean, congrats to the the San Diego uh, State alumnus. It's a specific term, you know. Don't like when people use alumni because it's plural. Uh, by the way, and for whatever reason, it's gendered. So like, there's alumnus and alumni, and then alumna and alumnae. So um, for whatever reason, um, that's I think kind of dumb. It should get just get rid of it. It's stupid. Just be just make it universal. Anyways, I'm sorry. I found the quote. It's luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You should, you should check the chat because I, I put that in there. So. I did not see that. Um, you got to like wave at me to check the chat. <laughs> I would if you were looking. Sorry. Go ahead, Keone. I mean, for real though, like preparation meets opportunity. Like if you look at the waiver wire and then get the fortunate opportunity to have, say, Daryl Williams go in in good weeks when um, Clyde Edwards Alaire is not in. It's just that's what happens, and the same with things. Same thing with Rashad Penny. You know, Chris Carson is out for a majority of the season, and then so Alex Collins comes in, and then Alex Collins isn't really doing that well, and he also kind of gets injury stuff, and then he just gets the opportunity against a great team to go against in the Detroit Lions, and look what he does. He gets 170 yards on the ground, and then. You know, he has one of the, the best games of the season when it really counts. And I mean, even he's done this, you know, the past few games. In three of the last four games, he's had um, 135 yards or more, and he has five touchdowns in those games. So he has really, really stepped up and come, become the guy on the ground for the Seahawks and, you know, on a team that really likes running the ball. So we'll see if it carries over into next season because we have no idea how the whole Seahawks stuff is going to happen with, you know, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll if they're coming back or whatnot and that whole thing that'll be fun to cover over the offseason but i think he's definitely if anything he's put himself in a good position to be considered on any team that he might end up on um and you know it's just unfortunate that both teams were out of the playoffs but it helped fantasy managers for sure and you know what they say a penny played is a championship won do they do okay let's go to your they do now what's your next takeaway Oh boy, I alluded to it earlier. It is um the J E T S Jets 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 the New York Jets. Just bruh. Bruh. What the fuck are you doing? You're leading the Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady led Tampa Bay Buccaneers late in the fourth quarter. Buccaneers. My man is heated. And you have a fourth and two in the red zone. You can kick a field goal to go up by seven points, but then you give Tom Brady a chance to go like to go down the field with over two minutes. So you mean I I I get it. I in that situation like. I see why you might not want to do that. So I get going for it. I get going for it on fourth down. But to go for a QB sneak on a fourth and two, needing two yards? Like, getting two yards in the NFL regardless is tough, let alone a QB sneak, which I will say is actually pretty successful, having like over 80% success rate. But that's from fourth and one. 
And I, I tried. I tried to find the data on QB sneaks, um, and that's where I got that 80% number. But you know what I couldn't find? QB sneaks from fourth and two, because it doesn't fucking happen. They don't do it for a reason. Especially against a team that is one of the yes. best rushing defenses in the league. I mean, what are you... I, guys, guys, I got this. What we're going to do is we're going to try to QB sneak for over two yards, and we're going to go straight at 330-pound human giant Vita Vea. Yep, perfect. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, coach, me? Yeah, rookie QB? We're going we're gonna to do that? Yep, perfect. All right, got it. Like, Zach Wilson, who literally looks like a baby, and is they've compared him to his 22 youngers to the day, like, and they made an emphasis of the comparison between quarterbacks, just showing how young he is, and you're going against a man who probably eats you for a meal. Um, like, I just, and I understand, I, I, I can barely, con- like, con- comprehend the, the theory, the potential theory that they're doing it to, for a better draft. Like, they're, they did that on purpose, to lose the game for a better draft pick. But as Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game! And if you have a chance to win, you go for it on plays that will actually work. So, I mean, if that theory is true for whatever in likely or unlikely scenario is, Robert Sala should be fired immediately. Um, it, it, fuck the Jets. There you go. The owner of the Jets must have a huge debt to Tom Brady because he's still allowing them to just beat the shit out of him, even though he's not playing in the AFC East anymore. Like, there's... He's got he's got something on his family. He I don't know. Like it doesn't make sense. And like you said, the the idea of going for it in that situation is not the issue. And it's been my whole thing and I'm not going to crap on analytics or anything cuz I believe in most of it. But for me it is what play are you calling and what decision are you making going up to that? If you're going for it on 4th and 2, do not run a QB sneak. I'm sorry. It's my least favorite play. It's like on the fourth and ones when they run little quick option routes. When you're throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage on a goal line to try to get it to cross on fourth, fourth and goal. Like, throw the ball in the end zone. I don't care. Why are you trying to rely on five different things to happen in order to gain those yardage, that yards, when you can just throw it for there? Just throw it. It's a two-yard pass. You run a quick slant. Go. Braxton Barrios has been lighting up that, that secondary all day. He can't run a two-yard slant. Nope. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to QB sneak two yards away against one of the better running defenses in the whole NFL. Solid. Great choice. Vita Vea is 6'4", 350 pounds. Apologies for leaving off the twenty pounds of that human mountain. <laughs> you ran at that <laughs> anywhere near him. Because this he's man... taking up two spots on the off on the defensive line. I can't even try to pronounce his full name. We gotta get Ryan to try to pronounce. It's like Tavita, Tulaki. Oh no! Let's have Ryan just pronounce okay. Vita Vea. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, Vita Vea. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't get it. Even even if they would have had him, like from the shotgun, run up the gut as a quarterback. Yeah, like a design run. That would have been better than a sneak because it's- yes. the Jets' offensive line is not good enough to create two yards worth of forward momentum to give him the clearance he needs to get. You didn't need to say offensive line. The Jets are not good enough to create two yards. No, no, no. The Jets are not good enough. There it is. There we, um, go. we got it. 
that'll do it for uh, today's podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're on Twitch, shout out. What's up? Thank you. We record Twitches on Mondays and Wednesdays night. Wednesday nights. Um, throughout the off season, it'll be a little more sporadic. We'll keep you updated on what our schedule will be like for that. If you would like to see all of our content, go to fantasydaydreamers.com. If you'd like to watch some of our YouTube videos, we're on Daydreamer. We're on YouTube at Daydreamer Media. That's two separate words: Daydreamer and then Media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's FF Daydreamers. And you can support us on Patreon at Daydreamer Media. Um, you guys have anything to plug? Anything specific? Oh, we have a donate button on Twitch now. If you want to donate to us, thank you. That'd be great. Um, anything else? Um, uh, hopefully this is a better year. True that. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I remember something. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming.